Welcome to American Indian Living, a program developed by the Native Education and Health Initiative to improve and enhance the health of people throughout the Native communities. American Indian Living is hosted by Dr. David DeRose, a board-certified specialist in both internal medicine and preventive medicine. Dr. DeRose has a wide range of experience with Native health issues, and he's ready today to help you learn more about your health. Here's Dr. DeRose. Welcome to American Indian Living. I'm Dr. David DeRose. Today we're taking a really careful look at one of the most pervasive problems worldwide. It has to do with our joints simply wearing out as we get older. To help us in this dialogue is Dr. Victor Romano. Dr. Romano, it's great to have you with us today. Oh, thank you, David. It's great being here. You're an orthopedic surgeon, so you're a specialist in the bones and joints. Just give us a little bit of perspective. How many knee surgeries do you do in a typical year? Well, um, I don't count it down um, specifically. I do about 500 surgeries a year. A lot of them are shoulders and knees. I'm a um, general orthopedist specializing in sports medicine. So half my uh, work is doing um, sports injuries. I take care of our local high school team and the um, university, and so I'll take knee injuries and shoulder injuries and operate on those. And I do a lot of knee replacements and hip replacements. And okay. I do about, yeah, the, the, so like for hip and knee replacements, I maybe do two or three a week. So you're doing a lot of surgeries. You're seeing a lot of problems. And what's fascinating to me as an orthopedic surgeon who has expertise in just fixing these things surgically, you're actually talking with people about how they can avoid surgery. Have I got that correct? Right, right. I'm, um, you know, someone came to me a couple of years ago. I said, oh, I came to you because uh, I hear you don't like to operate. I said, no, wait a minute. I'm an orthopedic surgeon. <laughs> That's my favorite thing to do is operating. And that, you know, it says surgeon on the door. But only if I have to. If mm-hmm. we can get you better... Without surgery, I think that's better. I just I, I tell people that God makes the best knees, you know, and so you keep them as long as possible. Then if you can save your knee, that's the best. If you can't, then I do a replacement. But my job really first is to, and I've talked a, a lot of people out of uh, knee replacements in the beginning and got them better without surgery. I mean, this is just a great message, and I'm excited about it. I think so many people listening might be excited that they might be beating a path to the Chicago area, because that's where you practice, right? Right, right. I'm in uh, Oak Park. It's just directly west of the city. Now, you have a website. It's RomanoMD.com, correct? Correct. Now, is that actually a professional website where if someone's listening in the Chicago area, they can actually make an appointment, or is this more for your educational work? No, it's, it's for they can make an appointment. So they, um, well, they just they request, they go online and you just put... Uh, request an appointment, and then you fill out the form, and then uh, someone from our office will call them or email them and schedule a time to come and see me. And Romano is spelled R-O-M-A-N-O. Correct. Okay. Well, I mean, our listeners are from all over the country and beyond, so uh, even though I think a lot of folks are interested in your message, we're going to try to help them even if they never walk through the doors of your practice, right? Right, and that's uh, the hope that helps today because there's a lot of things you can do before you have to walk into a surgeon's office. So let's talk about this. Let's say, for example, um, someone's listening today. They work in a tribal health clinic. Patient has just come in, and uh, the individual is having a lot of pain in, let's just say, their left knee. Uh, this pain has been getting worse and worse. 
Maybe they even saw a, a joint specialist, a rheumatologist. Maybe they saw an orthopedic surgeon. Somewhere along the way, they were told that they have osteoarthritis. Tell us a little bit about just what that is. Arthritis is actually a breakdown of the cartilage in your knee. And um, you have the knee joint is the bone above the femur and the tibia. And the covering of the bone is the articular cartilage that um, lets the bones move back and forth. And in between is the meniscus. And that's the cushioning between the two cartilage. Mm -hmm. So in arthritis, the cartilage breaks down. And so then you break down and you can get bone-on-bone arthritis. So once you get to that point of bone-on-bone arthritis, is that the end? They need a joint replacement? Well, not necessarily. I've had uh, someone came into my office just today that had bone-on-bone arthritis of both knees, but only his left knee hurt him. And hmm. his right knee was actually worse on the x-rays, and uh, but his left knee was hurting. And so... Um, I tell people I don't operate on x-rays, I operate on people. And so there's other things that can't go wrong. That um, And so, yeah, you have bone-on-bone arthritis. But in my book, I like to talk about stressing finding the source. Mm. And they can have pain in the left knee, but if you're walking and if your right foot is a problem, and if you're walking, you have a rock in your shoe, and you may be walking so funny that you're putting more stress on your left side and your left knee is hurting, and then it gets so bad that all of a sudden you forget about the right foot, and then you now have the problem in the left side. And so my point is, yeah, take care of the left side, but also find the source of the problem. You know, take the rock out of the right foot. It's, usually, it's not a rock, but it's usually they have a problem in their foot and that you can take care of or something coming from their back. And so if you take care of that, then you also may help. Then, then you can focus on the knee, and you may not need surgery. So really what I hear you saying is oftentimes when someone thinks they're at the point of no return, last resort, they've got to have that joint replacement, there are often other options. Correct. So you've got a book out right now, and that book is called exactly what you mentioned, Finding the Source, Maximizing Your Results with and Without Orthopedic Surgery. I know that you've been speaking around the country, you've been doing radio interviews like the one we're doing right now, and you're telling people that lifestyle changes like diet and exercise can often be part of the solution. How does that have to do with finding the source? Okay, so just trying to figure out what, where the problem is coming from. Now, yeah, they know you come in with arthritis in your knees, but if they're, um, you know, then people want a shot of cortisone in the knee to stop the inflammation. The cortisone stops the inflammation, or they want pills, anti-inflammatory mm-hmm. medicine. But if you have a terrible diet and you're eating a lot of sugar and processed, you know, sweets and processed food, well, the sugar causes inflammation in the body, and so that causes a whole lot of inflammation in your joint. And then the extra weight doesn't help it that much either. And so, if you, you know, so if you just eat a poor diet. And then take anti-inflammatory medicine. You know, why not watch your diet and um, get the, um, you know, and stop the inflammation by what you're eating instead mm-hmm. of just taking a pill to stop the inflammation. And so, you know, cut down on the sweets and, and the processed foods. You eat more of. I tell people that, that get uh, more like t- take your plate and 
I don't care how big your plate is, but we have one quart of it to be the your protein, your lean meat, your yeah, um, uh, grass-fed beef. You know, um, really eat a lot of uh, buffalo burgers actually, and it, it's great. So it's um, lean meat and um, or turkey, chicken, fish, and, and and then the other three quarters of your plate is vegetables, and uh, you get um, and more color the better. You know, stay away from the bread and the and the and the starchy foods too, and the pastas, which is hard for being Italian, being staying away from pasta. But they, you can take um, uh, zucchini and make it like spaghetti, so that that works good. Yeah. So let me see if I hear what you're saying right. You're making a big emphasis, a big push on eating more plant foods. Three quarters of the diet uh, should be those plant foods now. I've had guests like you, they say, you know, the, the lean meats uh, are fine, you know, the wild game, and, you know, folks throughout Indian country, they like that message. I have other folks that are saying, you know, if you really want to get the inflammation in the body down as low as possible, you want to even limit that quarter of the plate with the animal proteins, and you want to choose more of the beans and nuts and seeds. Have you, in your experience, found that for some people that does seem to make a difference, even watching the red meat and things like that? Oh, oh yes, and so um, there's a diet called the uh, Wald Protocol, and then for people with autoimmune disease, you know, for um, MS, and where she stopped, you know, Dr. Wald had MS and was in a wheelchair and taking all kinds of medicine. She just stopped her diet completely and just stayed away from the uh, meats altogether, and um, uh, or but just less less meats, and so. And she got out of the wheelchair and did so much better. And but there's school, you know. I like to do stuff on scientific research behind and based on it. And so there's pros and cons. And some some say that you know the beans are bad. You know, one 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 diet says, oh, you shouldn't have any beans. And uh, but the the literature doesn't support that. You know, some people. Find what's good, you know. But what's good for one person may not be good for the other person. No, that is such a great point. Yeah, and so what I do too is that you know sometimes I have problems with my stomach, and I, and so you go on the elimination diet. You just stop. I stop. You know, for a week, you don't eat the meats, and you don't, um, and just eat just all vegetables, and you know, um, and then you gradually introduce something out, and then if you you have a problem with it, then. And then that's not for you. And then you mm-hmm. just stop it, and then you and then you come back, and then you gradually introduce the foods. And then what, if you can tolerate it, fine. And you know, and it's just it's your gut. The, the gut is the source. I think that's what we're going to find in the next few years that they're going to say you know the gut biology is so important, and there's so many microbes in your body. There's like ten times more microbes, organism cells in your body than you have your own body cells. And so if you want to keep those healthy, um, you just want to make sure your gut is healthy. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, these are very good points. I like the idea of the elimination diet. So practical application of, of what I hear you saying. So someone goes on this, uh, you know, all-plant diet or maybe, you know, some other kind of modified fast, and if they add back that uh, red meat and they start finding the joints are aching more, they're going to say, hey, definitely 
this is part of the connection with my arthritis. I mean, there may be other reasons why they may want to leave off or add the meat. Uh, that's up to them. But if they're trying to make this connection with inflammation, that's a really good way to do it, isn't it? Right, and that's good. And you can uh, your joint may be inflamed, and see how your bowel is. You may get like runny stools or cramps in your stomach, or you know, and say, okay, no, this is causing a problem. And I have a big thing on dairy. I like uh, I. I get your calcium in your bones. Another thing is having strong bones and people are osteoporotic with, you know, poor quality bones, they have more pain with arthritis. And so you got to build up the strength in the bones. And so that's getting calcium in diet. If you get it from calcium, from dairy products, but if you can't, some people can't tolerate dairy, then you get, I drink almond milk instead of, um, you know, regular milk. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so you get calcium. And vitamin D is very important, too, um, because that's the only way you can strengthen your bones. And we live in Chicago where the sun is uh, rarely seen. I, mean, I think Chicago is one of the least number of sunny days of any major city. Wow. So with problems with people with osteoporosis and they have um, you know, your weaker bones. And they've shown that people with osteoporosis have more arthritis. And if they do end up with a knee replacement, if you have osteo, if you have osteoporosis, those they loosen up sooner than if you don't have osteoporosis. That is really very practical. I'm so glad you're mentioning the calcium, the vitamin D connection, and I think the point is so well taken. I mean, some people choose to use dairy products, and I know some of the studies suggest when they look at epidemiology of population groups. Drinking more dairy doesn't necessarily help the bone health, but the bottom line, everyone agrees, you got to get the calcium, you got to get the vitamin D, and whether you're doing it with supplements, with plant products, whatever, the almond milk, um, right on. Let me come to this, Dr. Romano, because uh, our time is slipping away in this segment, and maybe rather than asking you the next question, uh, where we want to go, I'll tell you where I'm interested in going. It has to do with your experience with the whole sugar issue. And we're interested in hearing some stories maybe in the next segment. But rather than going there right now, give us one more time your website before we have to slip away to the break. RomanoMD.com. Okay. And RomanoMD.com, that will take me not just to your practice, but also if someone wants to pick up a copy of your book, they can get it right there. Right. It's, it's, the book is on Amazon. And there should be a link on on that. And I also I have a separate one for my book if I give it two websites is Dr. Victor Romano, D R V I C T O R R O M A N O dot com. Okay. That one's specifically for my book. We'll mention that again before we finish up the show. We do have to step away just for a moment. I'm Dr. David DeRose, Dr. Victor Romano, my guest. A lot more to come, things you can do to help your joints and the joints of those you love. Don't go away. American Indian Living will be right back after this. Today's broadcast has been pre-recorded. However, if you have questions about today's show or would like further information, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. We'll be right back after this. This is Betty White. I know you don't need one more thing to worry about, but listen... High blood pressure can cause kidney damage, blindness, heart attack, stroke. And you can have high blood pressure even if you feel all right. One in seven adults has it, but it's easy to get your blood pressure checked, and you can treat it if it is too high. So don't worry about it. Don't ignore it. Just see your doctor and check it out. 
For your free booklet, visit the Will Rogers Institute at wrinstitute.org and find us on Facebook and Twitter. Emergency medical unit, respond to 102 Maple Avenue, possible stroke victim. When stroke occurs, you have 60 minutes to win or lose the race of your life. There are new treatments, but you must get to a hospital fast. If you suddenly feel weakness on one side, have trouble speaking, walking, or seeing, it could be a stroke. Call 911. Get to a hospital. Because how you spend the next 60 minutes could determine how you spend the rest of your life. Stroke. Know the signs. Act in time. A message from the National Institute of Neurological Disorders in Stroke. If you receive disability benefits, keeping Social Security informed is key. Keeping us informed minimizes the chance that we learn about something later that could negatively affect your benefits. That's the surprise no one wants because it creates overpayments that you must repay, disrupts payments, and can even jeopardize your entitlement to Social Security benefits. Learn more about reporting responsibilities for people working and receiving disability or SSI benefits by reading our online publications, Working While Disabled, How We Can Help, and How Work Affects Your Benefits at www.socialsecurity.gov pubs. Some changes can be reported online at www.socialsecurity.gov. You can also notify us at 1-800-772-1213 or contact your local Social Security office. Our goal at Social Security is to pay you the right amount on time every month. With your cooperation to keep us informed of changes, the likelihood of any unpleasant surprises that could derail your benefits will be greatly minimized. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE, 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. You are back with Dr. David DeRose and with Dr. Victor Romano. Dr. Romano is an orthopedic surgeon. He's trying to help you, well, stay out of his office, stay out of the operating room. He's trying to help you keep your joints as long as possible. Uh I've been referring to as, as Victor, Dr. Romano, and uh, one of the benefits of doing a show with a break is, uh, as we were speaking uh, at the break, he said, you know, David, please call me Rocky. And uh, you said that's a, a name not because you were a great boxer, but something that your dad gave you when you were pretty young, huh? Right. My parents were fighting over my name. I was named after my grandfather, and who died before I was born, Vito. So my mom said, well, I want to name you after Victor, after my father, and then said, my dad said, well, Vito is not Victor. So my godparents took me to the church. When they came home, they said, who's your, uh, uh, what's his name? And so my godmother said, well, I gave the mother, you know, the priest was going to name me Joseph. But my mother, said, my godmother said, no, Victor. Cause, and so my dad said, I'll never call him that. I'll call him Rocky. Okay. So, uh, so my dad calls me Rocky. And my mother and my wife in front of my mother call me, calls me uh, Victor. Okay. Everybody calls me Rocky. Okay, fair enough. So I can get away with either, it sounds like. That's right. That's right. So, Rocky, let's come back to this whole dialogue. We're speaking about diet and, and joint problems, and one of the things you honed in in was sugar. Uh, tell us what you're concerned about as an orthopedic surgeon as it relates to sugar with your patients. People with uncontrolled sugar, you know, diabetics with uncontrolled sugar, they have a lot more complications in surgery. And um, I just recently had someone that came in was overweight, and blood sugar was in the 200s, and they're begging for a knee replacement. And I said, yeah, it's going to get infected, and you might end up with an amputation. I mean, it's you know, the bacteria loves the sugar, and mm-hmm. so 
if you operate on someone with a high sugar, they, they have complications from the surgery, just from the anesthesia, but then they have a higher infection rate. And so you got to get the sugar under control. And so they send them back and say, you got to lose some weight, watch your diet. And they came back, and the sugar now is, uh, is about 150. You know, it's not ideal, but it was under 200, and it's um, and they're feeling better. And uh, and so you want to you want to do that because it's, it's, it's I don't like complications. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure my patients get the best results possible. And so it's okay if I don't do any a few less surgeries. I I do that than operate on someone to if they're going to get an infection. I mean, this is such a great message. Uh patient I had some years ago before I ever saw him uh, actually seeing the first time in the clinic and he's got an amputated leg and he tells me the story and it's just like you said a guy with diabetes apparently not well controlled someone decided they were going to do that joint replacement anyway got infected uh, put another joint replacement in as I recall the story uh, that got infected and uh, ends up losing his leg so, I mean, your point is well taken. I mean, we see that as physicians, but a lot of times the layperson, the patient, they say their knee's hurting. They just want it out right now, and they don't care if they're at higher risk of infection, but they don't think of the complications, do they? Oh, no, no. Everybody thinks that they're indestructible, and they're going to just go, oh, no, I promise my aunt had a problem. And she said, I promise I won't get an infection. I said, All right, you're right, because I'm not going to do it. <laughs> you won't. Okay. And so you, know, you can't promise me that. And so you get it under control. You're serious about the diet. And then you show me that you're serious about it. Then then I think you're going to do well. And another story I have, this example in my book, I had one of my patients came in. She was very overweight and was a young person. And the other, the other thing is for young people, these knee replacements, you know, we know it's going to last the 65-year-old lady 15 years, uh-huh. about 15 years on the average, okay? But they say, if you believe everything on the Internet, they say on the Internet that it lasts 30 years. Well, it hasn't been around for 30 years, so we mm-hmm. really don't know if it's going to last 30 years. So I don't, you know, um, I don't want to put it on someone who's in their 40s because, you know, they're going to be a lot more active than a 65-year-old, so it may last 10 years on them. Right. And so I had one lady, she was in her 40s, and she was insisting on having a knee replacement, and she was overweight. And I said, you know, you got to lose some weight. I said, your, 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 your diabetes was borderline control, but she said, you got to lose some weight. And so she got tired of waiting, so she went down the street to the university doctor and just walked in and walked out about 15 minutes later with a scheduled surgery. You know, but he was so busy, he had, he had like two or three months, I think it was like scheduled her three months in advance. Well, during that time while she was waiting, she lost 20 pounds. Mm-hmm. And then she came back to my office and said, "Man, you're right. My knee feels better. <laughs> she didn't, you know, she canceled the surgery. But you know, it's easier to just say I'll do the surgery than just trying to explain how to do it to save it. You know, and she's been my patient for years now. And um, you know, you just you just you want to wait. You want, surgery should always be the last result. I really like this message because uh, so many people can do well without having the surgery. Of course, if they need it. We're glad there are people like Dr. Romano, like yourself, who can do those surgeries with a you know measure of skill. Let me ask you this question, because as an internal medicine specialist, I see a lot of people with joint issues, and periodically they'll say, well, Dr. DeRose, can you give me a shot? And I tell them, hey, I'm an internist. I don't give shots. And they say, well, I had a family doctor before. He'd give me cortisone shots. I say, hey, I don't do that. 
We'll send you over to the orthopedic surgeon, and uh, he can evaluate you for that. Help us sort through this. I mean, there's all kinds of things that people are giving them shots, they're giving, you know, injecting fluid into the joints. Walk us through what is the place for these things. Okay, so first I get them through, you know, six steps before I get to the shot. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let me just try to make sure before I give them the shot, I just want to make sure they tried everything out there. Okay, so the first step is good shoes with art support. You line up the feet, and that lines up the you know, knees better. Mm-hmm. And I start with that. And then I can give them a knee brace. Um, you know, some of the, like this, the football players where we have this you know, sturdy knee brace, and they, you, you bend it a little bit so they take the weight off of the bone-on-bone side. Mm. And that helps. It's not a cure, but it helps. You know? and, so, and so I had one person that liked to go hunting. And um, and he was a young guy, and the only guy the guy said, you know, shots didn't work, and so I said, want to do a knee place. When he came to me, I gave him a brace, and he would love me because he would be able to go hunting. He only needed it for hunting; he didn't need it for mm-hmm. anything else. Mm-hmm. And so, so it helped him. But if you need a brace when you you know get out of bed and you have to wear it all day long, then that's a different story. But just you use that brace for you're doing something out of the ordinary, mm-hmm. and then. And that medication, you know, Advil or Leave or any, you know, over-the-counter stuff, you can take, you can put some, they have cream. You can put cortisone cream on your leg or lidocaine, cream, Novocaine cream on your leg. And that seems to work. Mm-hmm. And then the fourth thing that I tell people is supplements. You know, glucosamine, chondroitin, MSM, fish oil, uh, turmeric, you know, those, you know, the literature is good and bad. Some say it works, some say it doesn't work. You know, it's cheap. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, it's not harmful. I tell people buy two months supply. If it works, great. If it doesn't, then uh, then you know um, then you know think about the next step. And then the fifth thing I tell them is the exercise and balance. Okay, and this is where I test my balance and I check their balance. And if the balance is off, and I go into this more in my book, you know, you fix the balance, and that that helps. And those people that exercise do better than those that don't work, that mm-hmm. don't exercise. It seems counterintuitive, you know, that think. But I tell people, you got to listen to your knees. You know, if you're doing, you know, jogging, you know, you're going jogging 10 miles and your knee swells up, well, that's silly. You're doing damage to your uh-huh, uh-huh. If it's running is not good, you know, I don't recommend running, but doing elliptical or a bike. Swimming is the best uh, exercise. I have my two daughters swim. I don't know. I don't, personally, I'd rather, you know, Go on a bike or let's go than swimming, but um, that's you know it, you get exercise and you're able to strengthen your muscles around the joint without putting much pressure on the joint. Uh-huh. And then the last thing that we talked about, the sixth thing I tell people is like we talked about before is diet and weight loss. Um, you know, one, one one example I give I tell people, you know, I was walking up the stairs, it's walking groceries in the house. Oh man, that kills me if I'm carrying groceries up the stairs. And I ask them, well, why? Yeah, and then they start, you know, they say, well, it's more weight, you know. So if you get rid of a bag of groceries, think how good you're going to be. Mm. And so um, and so then, you know, so if you're doing that, then it comes down to the shots. I know it's a okay. long answer, but um, there's three different types of shots to give. You can give the cortisone shots, and that stops, cortisone just stops the inflammation. And um, so you just put it right in the knee, it takes the inflammation down. But one of the problems that I see with cortisone is, you know, I have a college kid that I was talking to, a friend, uh, a son's friend that's in down in uh, Arkansas for college playing soccer, and the mm-hmm. doctor wants to give her a cortisone shot in the knee, and I said, no, do not take it. He said, because if your 
Cortisone can break down the cartilage mm-hmm. that's in your knee. And if you're a 20-year-old kid playing soccer, you know, you have good cartilage. And that you take the cortisone shot, yeah, you're going to feel good, but then it's going to break it down more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I give the, when, I, when, it, when we have bone-on-bone arthritis, then it's not going to break down anymore. So you, just, you give the cortisone shot, and that stops the inflammation, and that helps with the pain. And so... I'll give a cortisone shot. You get it every up to three months, okay? But you got to worry about it throws, if you're diabetic, it throws your sugar. It can go um, up to the roof, you know. Mm-hmm. And so you got to watch with that. Um, but then it gets, they stop working, or you get too much cortisone shot. You retain water. You get ends up with osteoporosis. You get cataracts, you know. So it's not a benign thing, but it does help. And so mm-hmm. I may I'll try a cortisone shot first before I do anything, along with some exercise and physical therapy. And if that works, great. Great, and great, it great. doesn't work, and we have two other shots we can give. These are really important. We want to hear about those, Dr. Romano, but we have to step away. I'm Dr. David DeRose. We've got a lot more to come. Dr. Romano, a wealth of information walking us through things you can do for joint problems. More to come. We're going to talk about those other injections as well as some other natural therapies. Don't go away. More to come on today's edition of American Indian Living right up after this. American Indian Living will continue in a moment. If you have questions or comments about today's pre-recorded broadcast, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. So, you want to be a hero. Here are some ways to get the job. Hunt down that killer shark. Or run into a burning house to save a kitten. Luckily, there's an easier way to become a hero. Call 911 if you see someone experiencing the symptoms of stroke, sudden weakness on one side, or trouble speaking, walking, or seeing. Stroke. Know the signs. Act in time. You'll be a real hero. A message from the National Institute of Neurological Disorders and Stroke. Can you guess what's going on here? It's kids getting fit. Studies show that children and teens who get at least 60 minutes of physical activity a day reduce the risk of obesity, heart disease, anxiety, and increase their overall mood. So whether it's around your neighborhood or at school, just get out and play. For your free booklet, visit WRInstitute.org or call toll-free 877-957-7575 and find us on Facebook and Twitter. The Will Rogers Institute since 1936. My name is Tom Thornton. And my name is Cindy Thornton. We're retired, and this is how we live united. We decided to volunteer with United Way at our community free health clinic. United Way is how we contribute. Because we know our time and money are going to the right places. Judging by the thank yous we get at the clinic, I'd say we're doing the right thing with our retirement, too. We're Tom and Cindy Thornton. We volunteer at our community free health clinic. We don't just wear the shirt. We live it. Give. Advocate. Volunteer. Live United. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Diabetes affects more than 29 million Americans. If left untreated, diabetes can lead to serious health problems such as heart disease, stroke, blindness, and kidney disease. Your family's health history can be an important factor in determining your risk of developing diabetes. The National Diabetes Education Program wants to help you and your family. Do all you can to prevent or delay the onset of type 2 diabetes. Visit yourdiabetesinfo.org to learn more. You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE, 1-800-775-4673. 
Here again is Dr. DeRose. You're back with Dr. David DeRose for the second half of today's edition of American Indian Living. We're speaking about a condition that affects over 50 million United States adults. That condition is arthritis. We've especially been talking about arthritis of the knees. And the one helping us in the dialogue is Dr. Victor Romano. Rocky is an orthopedic surgeon in the Chicago area. You can find him at RomanoMD.com. That's R-O-M-A-N-O-M-D.com. Rocky, you were helping us as we were closing out that last segment understand some of the toolbox, if you will, of the orthopedic surgeons. You mentioned sometimes cortisone shots are appropriate, but other times uh, they're not. You helped us uh, realize, especially if we're young, that may not be the thing to do. But you mentioned there were two other types of shots. Do those always come after the cortisone shots? Or maybe in a younger athlete, would you think of using one of those when you wouldn't think of the cortisone? Well, no, the, um, uh, the other type of it is hyaluronic acid, which is a natural occurring lubrication in the knee. And so it, it really doesn't, if you don't have arthritis, it doesn't really do much good on it. But mm-hmm. people with arthritis have less hyaluronic acid in the knee, and it comes from the coxcombs of the roosters, hmm. and so you may have uh, chicken juice or people, some rooster juice people uh, uh, refer to it as, and um, it's naturally occurring in your knee, but somehow it's, it occurs in the coxcombs, and um, and so you give that, inject in the knee. The, diff, the problem is, though, it's very expensive. Hmm. That's the problem with medicine, is, you know, is they... They just jack up the prices so much, and there's no rhyme or reason to the cost of it. You know, just trying to make money, and so the insurance companies won't allow me to give this until they had cortisone first and cortisone fails. I see. It's so expensive, and so, um, and it's a good thing. And um, now some of the literature shows that it helps only 50% of the time, but that's okay because you know placebo helps like 20% or 20 or 30% of the time. And so it helps a little bit more than placebo. And if it doesn't help, then, well, you get the knee replacement. So I always give this hyaluronic acid injection. And there's a lot of different flavors, I say, different brands. You know, companies make different ones. And you can give one shot. You can give up to five shots, one a week apart, and spread it out. And, um, and of course, the one shot is five times more expensive than the five shots. So mm-hmm. you don't save any money by taking one shot. But I found that if you spread them out, um, they do a little bit better okay. and they last longer. And so we'll give, you know, you try cortisone first. If that doesn't work, then we'll give a shot of this, a shot a week for five weeks. And then if it works, I may have them make an appointment for six months in a day because insurance won't pay for it less than six months. So I have them come back every six months in a day and do another series of shots. Mm. And I found that to work the best because what I was doing before is, you know, if it hurts, come back. You know, because it can last up to a year, but then you find out, okay, they may come back a year, but it started hurting them at about eight months. Okay. And then by the time, and so then, but then by the time it starts hurting them, it gets worse and worse and worse. And then when they come a year from now, the pain is really bad. And so mm-hmm. if, it, if it works, you give it before the pain starts getting really bad and just till it's sort of bad, and then you get, the, you get more benefits. And so that's something that you just, when I started, I'll schedule them, schedule them back in six months, and that's where I can see, check on the progression, see if anything else is going on, and then we'll give another series of shots. So how long have you seen someone just go on these shots and, and do well enough that they don't need a joint replacement? 
Oh, I see it all the time. I see a lot of people. And, so, you know, there's sometimes, you know, if I see someone in their 80s and sometimes they don't want to have surgery, you know, I'll go that way forever. Uh-huh. And um, once they stop working. And then, um, but I've also actually had a 94-year-old person with a bad hip that just said, okay, he had enough. He wants to have a hip replacement. And I said, well, where were you the last 10 years? And it wasn't bad enough, you know, because he didn't think he would live this long. But uh-huh. he's doing it. He's very active. And so... I tell people, you know, if you're, you know, if you can get around, fine. If you can't and you're not ready for a rocking chair and a shawl, then it's time to do the replacement. But you can keep on going. As long as they work, you just keep on going. So what about the other set of injections? So let's say someone's gone the cortisone route. That didn't work. You've tried the hyaluronic acid. And maybe it worked for a while or it stops working or didn't work the, the first time around. What other option is out there? Okay. The other one is they is, is um, the stem cells, the PRP stem cells, or new one out is amniotic fluid. And mm. so now you're trying to regenerate the cartilage. And um, so the PRP is platelet-rich plasma. You take your blood cells, you spin it down, you get the platelets and all the white cells that's the healing part of your, um, your um, blood, and you concentrate that and you check that into the joint. And study says it helps better than the hyaluronic acid does. Hmm. You know, hyaluronic acid study shows it's better than the cortisone, and but it's 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 not a cure. It still helps. And then they also have the stem cells where you take it from the bone marrow, some fat tissue, and you spin down the um, you take a bone marrow aspiration, so you get the so it's more concentrated of the the healing cells, and you spin that down, you get the stem cells, and you inject that into the knee, and that can help too. It's it's better, but it's not a cure. You know, it hasn't put me out of a job yet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the third type is uh, amniotic cells um, that um, you take. You know, you take the placenta when the, after the baby's born, and they take the placenta umbilical cord and take the cells out of that and spin that down, and you inject that into the knee, and that seems to help. And the problem is that. The insurance companies say all these are experimental, and the literature isn't that great. You know, at best, the literature says it may help 40% of the time. And sometimes they say placebo can help, I said 20 to 30, but sometimes it can go, you know, maybe not much better than placebo. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so the problem is that I see people taking advantage of. Okay. I had a patient came in today that he was, you know, in his 80s and had some arthritis in his knees and um, and he's complaining about his shoulder. He really came for his shoulder today, but he says, yeah, so I need a shot. Of, he's been getting stem cells in his knees. And I said, for what? He goes, well, it doesn't really hurt me, but the guy said oh, I needed him because it's bone on bone. And and it wasn't. And he was being charged $3,500 to pop. He had four wow. shots. And I said, oh, it's, I mean, I don't know what his thing was, but I don't think that guy did him any favors. And, mm. and um and so some people just, I thought I was taking advantage of because he really wasn't hurting that much. And the guy told him, oh, it's going to prevent him from having knee replacements. I said, well, I can't, I, I, I can't say that. There's no proof that it does, mm-hmm. that it's prevented him. He doesn't need knee replacements, but he goes, oh, it's, so it's working. I said, no, I don't think you need knee replacements before you got the shot. Uh-huh. But, um, and so I just think, and some people just, and that's terrible. I think that... Um, I'll give some people, I don't promise them anything if I give it to them. You know, they don't want surgery. 
and I've given it to them. It does help them, and um, but um, and I'll just charge my cost. I'm not going to charge them thirty five hundred dollars. It's ridiculous, and that. Um, but they do make it expensive. That's the only problem is that the these companies are taking advantage of these poor people. So let me see if I understand this though. The the amniotic fluid, of course, is coming from you know someone else. But what about the platelet rich plasma and the marrow? Uh, is that all from the donor himself or herself? Is it from the same person? Right, it's, it's from them. Yeah. So you draw the blood and you spin it down. I draw it in my office and I spin it down. I either I get it from this um, the pelvis. You know, I get the bone marrow from that. The mm-hmm. pelvis, so I get it from or the blood from the wrist from the you know arm. Mm-hmm. And you spin it down in my office, and then it takes, you know, about 20 minutes to spin it down. And then I just inject it like the regular cortisone injection. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's very simple, and it's and so it's, it's sometimes it's worth it. But I just, you know, um, but if nothing else works, and they're not, now is not a good time for surgery, and they're very young, then I say, okay, yeah, let's try this. I, I would try it myself. Mm-hmm. But if mm-hmm. it's, like, a little older and my knees were bone on bone, and I really couldn't enjoy life, then, you know, I had a guy that's going on vacation, and he's, when he comes back, I'm going to do it, but he he has one of those fly or die things that he can't, uh, he'll lose all his money if he cancels his surgery. And so he knows mm. he's not going to have a good time. He's not going to be able to walk around and enjoy it, but he's going to go. And I said, okay, that's the time, he, okay, you know, when he comes back, we're going to fix his knee. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Let's talk uh, back to the kind of beginning. You know, you started by telling us that a lot of people can completely avoid the surgeries, these other procedures even, with lifestyle choices. And we talked some about diet. You've mentioned exercise several times. And I, I know you gave us a few options. You know, you mentioned the ellipticals. You mentioned walking. You mentioned swimming. Um, the thing that I'm kind of hung up a little bit on uh, Rocky, is this connection with listening to your body. So if we're talking about the joints, I've got some patients, they say, hey, anything I do hurts me. Is it safe to tell them, hey, um, do moderate activity and see how you feel the day after? Is that a reasonable uh, bit of advice to give? Or if the knee hurts them to do anything, uh, are they better off in bed? I don't think that's the answer, is it? No, no, not at all. And so, right. And it's and there's a delayed reaction for the knee too, and so you want to do is you find an exercise that doesn't hurt, mm-hmm. and so you know swimming is the easiest thing. You're not going to hurt in the pool, and so you can do exercise in the pool, but then you but you can try you know try an elliptical or a bike, and when you do a bike, you put the seat up as high as possible mm-hmm. or bring it back if it's a reclining bike, so you don't bend your knee as much. And then what I tell people to do is go for like 20 minutes and just go an easy pace for 20 minutes and see how you do that night the next day. Mm-hmm. Because if you, you know, if it's hurting your mind, do it, just, just gently do it and just go through it. But if it, you feel, if you feel worse that night or the next day, then you did too much. You got to okay. try something else. Okay. But if you don't feel okay, then you can do it for 25 minutes or 30 minutes. Or if you go walking, you know, just start walking, walk to the end of the block and then come back. And if you do okay that night, walk, you know, a little bit further and then come back or walk around the block and then just gradually build it up. You don't have to do everything in one day because if you do, you're going to, you know, then you're going to set yourself back. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I say, just listen to your body. And one of my patients, I say, okay, take my advice. Did 20 minutes on the treadmill, 20 minutes on the bike, and then 20 minutes on the elliptical. 
and then he couldn't walk the next day. And he goes, which one was it, Doc? He said, how do I know? You know, so you got to... You just do one. You just right, right. and you, you you just got to experiment and just see what's right for you. And and if you can't do anything, and, and then you know, but we do that, do the shots. And one thing I always want to get to is, and then you can um, look it up on my website is this, the stretches that I do too, because you, ah. you do these there's these stretches that you know I call them the Romano stretches. We do them actually by football players. They're our football team and you know the soccer teams. They all do the stretches before practice, before games, and it improves your balance. And it um, um, and they have less injuries. We've really last two years we've been blessed of having very few injuries in a in a in a, uh, in a football program. And I think it's I take credit for. I don't. We did real well too, but I can't take credit for how well we did. But I can take credit for we have a lot less injuries, and I'm not operating on many of the players, uh, or I haven't operated on any of the players the last two years. Um, and I think that's just because we're doing these these stretches. That's great. Well, you've got my interest in going to RomanoMD.com, and uh, if people are just interested in the book, you said they might be able to get that a little bit more directly at DrVictorRomano.com. Have I got that? Right. Okay. And it's sold on Amazon. We are going to be back. We'll talk a little bit more about the book, some more pointers. We're going to talk a little bit more about supplements, too. Dr. Romano mentioned those earlier. We've got a lot more to squeeze into that final segment. Don't go away. We will be right back. Today's broadcast has been pre-recorded. However, if you have questions about today's show or would like further information, please call 1-800-775-HOPE. That's 1-800-775-4673. We'll be right back after this. One day, I'll teach chemistry to kids. I'm going to be an architect. My dream is to be a chef. At the U.S. Department of Education's Office of Federal Student Aid, we provide more than $150 billion each year in grants, loans, and work-study funds, making higher education possible for anyone at any stage of life. I can go back to college. I can change careers. I can make a difference. Federal Student Aid, proud sponsor of the American Mind. Learn more about money for college at studentaid.gov. Diabetes is a serious disease that runs in families. If your parents or siblings have type 2 diabetes, you have a greater chance of getting the disease. If you're African American, Hispanic, or Latino, American Indian, Alaska Native, Asian American, Native Hawaiian, or Pacific Islander, you also have a higher chance of developing the disease. The National Diabetes Education Program wants to help you understand your risk. Visit the NDEP website at yourdiabetesinfo.org for diabetes prevention tools, including the Family Health History Quiz. It started off as a normal day. I felt fine when I arrived at the plant. Ruth Junius's life was about to change. Then I dropped my keys. They kept slipping out of my hand. My arm felt numb. A co-worker asked me if I was okay, and I couldn't speak. I started to get scared. Ruth was having a stroke. People around her weren't sure what to do. They thought I should go home or lie down, but I knew something was very wrong. I wrote 911 on a piece of paper with my other hand, and someone called for me. Because everyone acted quickly, doctors at the hospital were able to give Ruth treatment that started to reverse the symptoms. Within a few minutes, I was talking again. I didn't know a thing about stroke before I had one. Now I make sure that my friends and family know all the signs of stroke so they'll get help fast if they need it. No stroke. Know the signs. Act in time. Call 1-800-352-9424 for more information. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, National Institutes of Health. 
You're listening to Dr. David DeRose on American Indian Living. Your comments and questions are welcome. Call now at 1-800-775-HOPE, 1-800-775-4673. Here again is Dr. DeRose. You are back with Dr. David DeRose for our final segment of today's edition of American Indian Living. Dr. Rocky Romano, Victor, as uh, he goes professionally by, is uh, here with us for our final segment. He's been helping us avoid joint replacements, telling us all kinds of practical things we can do from medical care to natural things we can do. And uh, with that in mind, Rocky, we want to talk a little bit more about the supplements. You've got some personal experience with these. You've worked with a lot of patients. What do you put at the top of the list when it comes to a supplement that might help with your knee problems? If you're going to take one supplement, I'd be glucosamine sulfate. Okay. And um, and that's what I take every day. Um, now I uh, didn't listen to my own advice, and I tried to keep up with my 19-year-old son at the time, and I did, and I ended up uh, having knee surgery shortly after I tore my cartilage mm. from my meniscus, and so and now I can't run like I used to, but I just sort of, but I listen to my knees, and I do elliptical, I do um, in more weight training stuff, but but I take glucosamine. Now glucosamine. The Academy of Orthopedics does not endorse it. They don't recommend against it because, but some of the literature says that, you know, um, one of the literature, big article came out saying it doesn't do any better than uh, Celebrex, which is a prescription anti-inflammatory. And so they said, oh, they can't recommend it. And I said, well, that's crazy because, you know, here's a prescription medication that can affect your kidneys, you know, the Celebrex, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. whereas this is glucosamine, it's a natural, it's amino acid, it's a building block of protein. And what they also they do is, in America, we have um, the over-the-counter glucosamine, there's two types, glucosamine HCL and glucosamine sulfate. Glucosamine sulfate is more the prescription grade. And in Europe, you get the prescription grade, and there's studies in Europe showing that it helps, because they're prescriptions, they're not, you can't get that over-the-counter. Mm-hmm. But in here, we just have all the counter, so they're not as high as quality. It's not as strong, and so they don't do well. So I always get glucosamine sulfate. I take um, 2,000 milligrams a day, and mm-hmm. I tell my patients, take it for by two-month supply, and then if it helps you, keep it up. If, it, if you don't know what's the difference, then stop. You don't, you know, you waste the two, you know, um, two-month supply. It's not that expensive. So that, I think it helps. It tries. If it works, great. And you can try you know, fish oil is another one, and the fish oil is good for your heart and your brain. And so I say that's a three for one or you know, so why not take that one too? If I take glucosamine and fish oil uh, every day. So the glucosamine, you said 2,000 milligrams a day. Is that 1,000 twice a day, or how do you take that? Yeah, well, it's supposed to be 1,000 twice a day, and I always forget to take the second one. So I just started taking 2,000 a day, and uh, and I, haven't, I, I do great. I don't, I, I, my knee doesn't bother me at all. And I started taking it. And so um, I take 2,000 just at one time. Now, here's the other question that this all ties in with. You mentioned the story of you trying to keep up with your young son. And some of us are wondering, well, what shouldn't we do if we don't want to end up with knee surgery? What what, what were you trying to do to keep up with him? Well, my two rules of thumb is when you bend down, your knees don't go past your toes. Your toes. And so um, and you don't bend your knees more than 90 degrees. The meniscus huh. is the cushioning in your knee. And so he was doing some exercise of pushing 90 pounds, 245-pound plates, you know, weight plates, on a towel and then 
sprinting across the gym floor. So you squat it down, your knees are bent all the way, I'm real low to the ground, and I'm pushing all that force into it. Uh, I did it, and I just ignored the pain because I'm tough, you know, and I'm uh-huh. rocky, you got to be after my namesake, but then I, I couldn't walk the next day. Wow. And I knew exactly what I did. I did an MRI, and it was torn, and I um, I waited to see if it didn't get better without surgery, and I broke down after about a month that uh, I had operated just to just, like, shredded because what I tell people the meniscus in your knee is like those pink erasers you get in school mm-hmm. at the beginning of the school year you can bend it and twist it no big deal at the end of the school year when you twist it they crumble mm. and so it was over 50 and I thought 50 is like the beginning of the second semester and so when you when your knee is bent all the way you pinch in that meniscus you know between the two bones and then any type of twisting type of action is going to cause it to tear and mm. so, and that's exactly what it did. So, um, so I did, you know, too aggressive of an exercise, try, you know, with my weight bending all the way down. And so, the biggest thing is I tell people is don't, you know, bend your knees past 90 degrees. You know, so when you're squ- and when you're squatting, you know, you just keep your knees at 90, and you don't let your knees go past your toes because then that's another way it puts it, it shears the meniscus. Well, I don't get this. Your, your knee's going past your toes. I'm confused about what that okay, means. Okay, if you're standing up, like if you're bending down, if you're standing up straight and you're bending your knees, and if you're just bending your knees forward and you have your knees go past your toes, that's not good. It puts a lot of strain on your knees. So if you're, you should be standing up and you should put your, put your butt back like you're sitting down on a chair uh-huh. when, you're bending, when you're squatting down. So you see, you, when you're doing squat, for, especially for exercise, you're putting your butt back and so that... Um, uh, your knees aren't going to go past your toes, so it doesn't bend your knees as much. Oh, so when you're saying knees going past your toes, that means your knees going forward in front of your toes. Right, right. I'm sorry, in front of your toes. Yeah, when I'm telling people, I'm examining, I'm demonstrating it. I guess we can do that. Right. I mean, radio is tough with some of these exercise things. So I think this is part of the reason why we're supposed to go to RomanoMD.com. Is that where I can actually view these exercises? Do you link to some videos and things? Right, I have video, uh, videos on my Facebook account with the videos of this, um, uh, the exercises to do. Good deal, good deal. Now, you and I had a chance over one of the breaks to talk about another area where if someone doesn't address it, they're likely to have knee problems. Now, I did not make this connection, but you've seen a connection with sleep apnea and knee problems. T- tell me about this. Okay, so first of all, I got involved in sleep apnea. I have it myself. My father has it, and it's a big problem. And uh, But what I got involved with the knees is because people with sleep apnea that have total joint replacement have 44% more complication rates than people without sleep apnea. Mm. You know, so you're not breathing. With sleep, people, with sleep apnea, you're not breathing at nighttime. You know, people are, are just holding their breath, and some can hold it up for over a minute, and your oxygen level goes down, and it causes... And so if it happens after anesthesia, you have anesthesia on board, you have pain medicine, and then you can have a heart attack, strokes, um, you know, blood clots, and even die. Mm. And so I screened, I started screening my patients for sleep apnea years ago, but then I found that when they have a breathing problem, they have it at, night, at nighttime, they also have something during the day. When you have obstructed breathing, it affects your back, and it's not in the medical literature, and I'm working on research projects to prove it. It's all in my book. It explains it in more detail. But when you're obstructed breathing, you have problems with your back, and 
Um, and a lot of times I tell people, they said, you know, my back is killing me, my legs killing me at nighttime when I'm sleeping, you know, it wakes me up. And I said, well, you're not wrestling anybody at nighttime. You know, you got something else, and you worry, think about sleep. Your, your sleep is disturbed, and that's causing more problems, and it causes pain and weakness. And so it's so important. You know, what's more important than a good night's sleep? You know, if you're not sleeping well, you're not going to heal from surgery, or you're not going to get better from any type of an injury. Mm-hmm. And so, and then people, you know, especially the sleep apnea increases the more overweight you are. And so right. that's another episode. So. It's it's very prevalent. Up to one in twenty five, one out of up to twenty five percent of people have sleep apnea, and eighty nine, eighty to ninety percent is undiagnosed. And you can really change a person's life if you you can diagnose sleep apnea on someone. And um, and so that's where I'm getting to is finding the source. You know, I just I just can't. Uh, you come to see me in my office, you know, I says shock a lot of my patients because I'm not going to just stick to the knee. Yeah, I'm going to check your back, your breathing. Mm-hmm. You have you know questions about sleep, and um, it's so simple. And if I don't ask for it, I'm afraid it's it's, it's missed. And uh, again, I don't like complications, and so I like to be thorough. I just love your emphasis, and I've got family in the Chicago area, so we'll try to put in a a good plug for uh, Dr. Victor Romano. He's the author of the book Finding the Source: Maximizing Your Results with and Without Orthopedic Surgery. Um, Rocky, the best place to get finding the source, you're saying easiest is just to go on Amazon? Right. But if I go to RomanoMD.com, I can get it there too? I think they'll link it to, I'm not 100% sure, I haven't looked at it. They're supposed to work on that this week, but I'm not sure if it's ready yet, if they're supposed to link it to Amazon. Okay. And then DrVictorRomano.com, that will surely get me there. That Yeah, that has a direct link to my... Well, our time has just about slipped away. You've given us so much practical information, but I know a lot of times when we talk about something that is so rich with all kinds of insights, there's a need sometimes for just a final takeaway message. Have you got anything like that for our listeners? Listen to your needs. Stay as active as you can. If you don't stay active, you'll be giving the cardiologist the business. So Mm. listen to your needs. Stay active. Exercise. Um, keep your legs strong, and hopefully you'll be able to avoid uh, surgery. Tremendous messages. That's Dr. Rocky Romano, also known as Dr. Victor Romano. You can get his book, Finding the Source. You can also get a lot of great information at Romano. That's R-O-M-A-N-O-M-D.com. I'm Dr. David DeRose. Hopefully today's show has really helped you gain some additional insights on how you can avoid further problems with your knees, maybe even save knee surgery. For all of us at American Indian Living, I am Dr. David DeRose wishing you the very best of health. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network.